Podcast 30 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at the Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is brought to you by mybookie.ag. For a 50% sign up bonus, please visit mybookie and use the promo code the Ozbreakers. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to help us out with our cost, sponsor the website and the podcast, we would love to help you out. Please visit theazbreakers.com, click shop and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com and if nothing else, please visit theazbreakers.com and become a free picks newsletter subscriber. The NFL draft is here and we have a lot to talk about because I've been working very very hard on a mock draft that not only helps me prepare for the NFL season, I believe it gives me an edge when it comes to betting the draft. And now it's not because necessarily I know what these GMs are going to do, It's but it's partially because I know what they're prone to do based upon past history, and I align that with what their current needs are based upon their performances from last year. Stuff like pressure rate, run yards, EPA per pass, things like that correlated with what they filled in free agency as well as the value of the next position coming up and where that possible candidate might end up being. That's how I gauge the NFL draft, and I've been pretty successful over the past three or four years doing it this way. Now, even if I'm wrong about the NFL draft, I get a nice jump start, like I mentioned before, on the 2022 NFL season. And I'll tell you right now, nobody is going to be perfect in this draft because many times GMs are trying to stay quiet or they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes and put up a smoke screen to get other teams comfortable or uncomfortable in their position to try to create a reaction. That happened last year, as we saw with the San Francisco 49ers in their handling of Trey Lance in the third pick of the draft, right? So we have to try to sift by all of this you are fake news and see what is actually real hard to do and when you do a mock draft it's also very hard to predict trades right but when you look at these position groups even if there are trades within the draft it doesn't mean that somebody should or should not be picked in the first round based on their ability so that's where we can kind of try to find what these teams might do based on their draft positions. And even if they trade out of that positions, it could still be relevant for what they do in the second round. And it still could be relevant that somebody is coming up in the first round to grab something similar or something they might have wanted to grab with a different pick. Basically, what we're trying to do is give our best guess of what could happen in this draft and where these players are going to end up. And I worked quite hard 
going over what teams should do just based upon their needs. I'm playing like Mr. GM here, right? Obviously, I'm not the team and I don't have their information. I just do the best I can to find what they should do at their position. And I'm trying to find out what they will do at their position. I disagree with lots of GMs and that happens, right? I disagree with them for the wrong reasons and I disagree with them for the right reasons. I like to think that I put up a pretty good argument on what teams should do and you'll be the judge of that of course and only time will tell because even the very next year after the draft the jury is still out on a lot of these players but what's important to us right now is to find out where we can get some value into this draft and I've already had multiple draft shows with some great guests on some positions and movements and where players might end up being and some plays that we actually made some of them moving already in our favor now part of the way I built the mock draft not the what should they do portion is based upon lots of draft analysts and some of the beat white writers that I actually follow right some of the local writers obviously in Chicago where I'm a bear fan I follow all of them but uh, I try to get as much information like Daniel Jeremiah, Baltimore, and the New York Jets. Uh, Eric Branch from the San Francisco 49ers. He's a beat writer there. I like to just try to reach out and try to find out as much information as I can before I try to say what these teams might do for a mock. And obviously, very late in the game, there's a ton of people with their mock 1.0, 2.0, 3.0s. The Mel Kuypers out there, right? The Todd McShays, a couple guys from Walter Football that I like. And uh, I try to kind of compile it all together to see what their thoughts are as well. So that's the way I come up with a mock draft. I'm also going to change it come Wednesday because right before the draft, you're going to get some big information coming in. I'll have a 1.0 released on Monday and I'll have my 2.0 probably released on Wednesday or Thursday morning. But as for now, we're just going to go over my mock draft and I'm going to give you one free play that I haven't given out yet that will be backed up by the full system and approach that I like to use. So starting with the draft itself, I think unless you're living under a rock, you know that this quarterback class is not highly touted at all. As a matter of fact, it's one of the worst quarterback classes coming up. Does that mean that we're correct? Absolutely not. It doesn't mean anything. It's just an opinion. As a matter of fact, a lot of these things are guesses, and you really do not know what's going to happen and who's going to come out at these positions as a star or possibly a Hall of Fame player. Heck, there might not even be a Hall of Fame player in this whole draft itself. A lot of the Hall of Fame players are walk-ons, you know, believe it or not. Not everybody is drafted. But going back to the quarterback class here in general, I myself tried to get them to at least below average, and I couldn't. I found just too many holes and too many unsure things. Is there going to be a great quarterback out of these? Maybe. Maybe there's two or three of them, right? I mean, Mahomes wasn't exactly super highly touted when he was coming out. You know, he's the third quarterback selected, too. You got to remember that stuff. 
But I do rank the positions here on how strong I feel they are. And just this whole draft as a whole, I think, is a little bit below average. Probably because the most important position is poor. (laughs) I had to put quarterbacks as poor coming into this draft. So I have running backs below average coming into this draft. I have wide receivers poor coming in. And I got to tell you, I am ranking these wide receivers kind of top heavy. I think their wide receiver is very deep. I think third round picks for wide receivers are going to find some diamonds in the rough. You know, people, players like Wandale Robinson, right? I mean, look at how good some of these names are in the third round. John Mechie, David Bell. I mean, these guys might end up being the best receivers in the draft. So I say poor for wide receivers just because there's nobody sticking out to me. The top three or, or top four don't look like any DK Metcalf or AJ Browns. So poor for receivers. Offensive tackle, I actually have is good. I think this is a good offensive tackle draft. For center and guard, I put poor. I don't think there's any one that sticks out in center and guard with respect to past drafts. Tight ends, I actually put medium, but unfortunately, none of the top ones really stick out. Defensive end slash edge, I put great. I think this is a great draft for defensive end slash edge rusher. Defensive tackle, I have medium. Linebacker, I have below average. Actually, even pretty close to medium, but below average, I have to say, for the linebackers. Cornerbacks, I put good. So I think the cornerback class is pretty good in this draft. Safety, I have below average. And then, obviously, punters and kickers and fullbacks really don't matter so much. I mean, I I don't have a good beat on how these kickers or punters are going to do, something I really don't pay attention to. And the reason I don't pay attention to is because I really don't care who drafts a kicker or a punter, right? They all get tried out. The best ones eventually make the NFL. All right. So after saying that, I also want to say that a lot of these teams, being that there's nobody that sticks out in a position group, especially at quarterback, and the deep, in my opinion, the defensive ends, even with the edge rushers, even though they're great, the top three or four are all mixed together in the top. I think they're very good players, but I don't think one really outshines the other. I think a lot of teams are going to try to trade down. A lot of these top teams need more draft picks, and they're going to want an extra second round, hoping somebody's going to reach for something like a quarterback that we saw in the past. Unfortunately, the whole media and everybody like myself thinks this is a poor to below average quarterback class. So I highly doubt it's going to happen. I think this draft, you're going to have teams sit there and watch the time tick until it gets down to 30 seconds or so before they're almost forced to make a play. I'm actually curious if there's going to be some props on that. Maybe we'll knock on Rafael Esparza's door over at mybookie.com to try to figure out what kind of fun props are going to be offered last few days right before this NFL draft. All right, well, let's get right into this draft, shall we? It's just swimming with bow-legged women. Starting with Jacksonville, the Jaguars, what they should do. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna sound like a broken record here. I'm not, but it's obviously trade down. 
They need a lot of stuff, right? But we have to assume that there's no trades. I think they should draft a top offensive lineman like Evan Neal from Alabama. He's my top offensive lineman and offensive tackle coming into this draft, and they need it so much they have to protect their investment in Trevor Lawrence, which was the number one pick last year. Obviously, that didn't help them without a good coach and a good offensive line. The fact that they already have Josh Allen makes me say they shouldn't draft an edge rusher here. But being that everybody and their mom, including probably the Jacksonville Jaguars, have on their draft board, it's looking like it's going to be an edge rusher, probably Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. And everyone has him as the top. I think he just blends into the top four. I, I don't have a problem with him. A pretty safe pick. You're not going to get a lot of flack for it. But I don't like his slower 40 time at 4.72. I personally would probably favor Kayvon Thibodeau in this position. The Detroit Lions at number two. Trade down. <laughs> of course, right? But if not, draft Kayvon Thibodeau here being that Agent Hutchinson is probably going to be gone anyway. No matter which one you like, I still like Kayvon a little bit. The Lions had such a poor pass rush, and it's hurting their secondary. They drafted a lot of secondary the last few years, and their fourth worst in pressure rate. It is time to get an edge rusher for sure themselves. Um, I, getting to the quarterback is just going to alleviate their defense. Dan Campbell is a defensive mind. Now, the, the Lions do need a quarterback, but like I said before, no breakout stars. They also have picks number 32 and number 34 if they wanted to take a shot there. I personally think that the Lions should get a quarterback just to figure out if they're right. With three picks in the top 34, spend one of them on a quarterback because if you put Jared Goff in there, I mean, obviously you're going to improve your team this year for three agency, Dan Campbell being a pretty good coach so far, uh, and you're going to have an easier schedule just based upon that fourth position, right? You get the the at-large teams that are easy, the three of them. You might go 9-8 and eight or 8-9, eight and nine, maybe miss the playoffs, and just be mediocre for four, three or four years under Jared Goff. If you at least grab a Kenny Pickett or something, maybe you – he will go eight and nine, which is very shocking. Like, wow, the rookie quarterback was able to do that. Maybe that shows you made the right choice and you can stay with him. But just being mediocre next year is not going to get you Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. It's not going to get Stetson Bennett or the guy from Wake Forest's name flew out of my brain back when college football ended. I think that the Lions need to lose or they need to at least take a shot at a quarterback in one of those picks. My mock pick, I think they agree with me on the edge rush. I think they grab Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Most talented prospect, at least coming in to last year's season, he didn't interview well, but oh well, many guys don't. 6'5", 4.5840 at the Combine. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a beast for the Ducks. 35 tackles, 9 sacks, Forced fumble and three passes batted down last year. 255 pounds. The only knock on him, I thought, was not only his interview, but he, he's taken a few plays off last year, I noticed. And it's not like players don't do that when they're losing by a few touchdowns. 
you know, Oregon wasn't quite as good as they were supposed to be, if you remember. But hey, coming into the NFL, this man's a beast. I think it's a good pick at number two. Number three, the Houston Texans, what they should do besides trading down. They need everything, <laughs> you know, maybe start with the offensive line and to, and see if your uh, quarterback pans out. I think that Ikeem Ikwanu is fine and he should be available there. If Neil's not, let's just pretend that Jacksonville actually listened to me. But um, in my opinion, Neil's the better one. But if you, if not him, pick Ikeem Ikwanu. And I actually think that the Texans will go with Ikem Ikwanu from NC State. It's very close between Neil and him, but Neil's better. But I still think they pick Ikwanu just because Ikwanu is number one on most people's draft boards for the skill at the offensive tackle position. They think he's the best, and they think Neil's second. We'll see what happens. Neil is better, but they pick Ikwanu here, and they can move Tunsil if or they if they keep Tunsil on the left, they can actually put Ikem Ikwanu as right tackle. Can't get enough on offensive line, in my opinion. Number four, the New York Jets. What they should do besides trade down, get some interior linemen or some cornerbacks. They need some help in both positions, I think. Um, they were a little bit injured last year on the offensive line but I think they're going to be healthy coming into the season. They also just signed Solomon Thomas here. So I think that they're not going to go edge. I think they're going to go with cornerback. I think Ahmad Sauce Garner is the first cornerback and should be for Cincinnati coming off this list. And I believe that they do pick him for my mock pick. They, they should pick him, and they do pick Ahmad Sauce Garner. The Jets were fourth worst in the NFL, allowing 275 receiving yards per game. The best corner in the draft is going to help them with that. And uh, they can take a shot with a, an edge rusher later in the draft, being that they just signed Solomon Thomas. I mean, that's the way I think this one pans out. Number five, the New York football giants. They have picks five and seven. What do they do here? Well, besides trade down, obviously, they need a lot of stuff. I think the Giants' O-line and pressure rate to the quarterback both ranked very low. They both actually rank 30th. 30th worst O-line, well, 30th best O-line, right? Third worst O-line and third worst in the pass rush. I would go with the O-line first. I just like Neil that much, right? If Neil is available in a Quanu gets picked first, you go with Neal. But what they will do, in my opinion, is go with Evan Neal. I have Evan Neal, the best offensive tackle in the draft, going to the Giants. I don't think they screw this up. It's just hard not to look for a guy that blocked for Mac Jones and Najee Harris. He also played guard a little bit. 6'7", 360 pounds, massive man. He's just the perfect fit here for the New York Giants at left tackle. I think he's trustworthy, and I think he's a day one starter. Number six, the Carolina Panthers. What they should do, trade down if possible. <laughs> but that's not going to happen because Matt Rule is on the hot seat. And I have to think that Scott Fitterer didn't do that great of a job last year 
getting Sam Darnold, you know. The problem is that they don't have a second and third round pick. So they might have to reach for a quarterback here. Now, let's just say Fitterer says, no, my job's safer than yours, Matt Rule. And he might overrule him and grab an offensive tackle was with what they should do if, obviously, there's no candidates to trade down with. But they did sign a center and guard in free agency, and um, they were only ranked 31st on pro football focused uh, in the offensive line. Malik Willis is the only quarterback that could bail him out of there. And this, the reason is he runs a fast 40. He's more of the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray type that doesn't need as good of his offensive line to make big plays. He's not sitting in the pocket long. He might be getting chunks of six to eight yards just depending upon obviously how well he gels. I just think the chances of Matt Rule are of getting fired no matter what they do is a lot higher than Malik Willis actually turning out. But let's just say they do draft Malik Willis and he turns out that could only save Matt Rule's job and maybe um, it makes uh, Fitterer look pretty good himself. Fitterer may or may not want to do that, but let's just say he drafts a left tackle, which is great. It's not going to make Sam Darnold any better, so this team's probably going to miss the playoffs anyway, and then he's going to be hoping that they tanked enough to actually pick one of the top quarterbacks for next year. So hopefully uh, this team is smart enough to not draft Malik Willis, but we'll see what happens, and my mock pick has Malik Willis at the number six spot to the Carolina Panthers. That's terrible. Number seven. We have the Giants again from that awful Chicago trade. Well, it's awful now because they have a new GM and a new coach, and we have no idea if Fields is actually the correct quarterback. I mean, it's awful for the situation that it's in, right? because right now I'm sure they would love to have the seventh pick. We don't know anything about Fields yet but I'm cautiously optimistic he's better than what he showed last year under Matt Nagy. Let's be real here. Um, If you're a Bear fan and you think Fields is the answer, you don't know football yet because nobody thinks he is a for sure answer that knows anything about the sport. But at the same time, this is about the Giants, and I think that ranking third to last in pressure rate does show its ugly head here. It's time to get that good D end and Trayvon Walker grades pretty high with a massive 4.5140 time second best in all of the defensive ends and the three cone drill uh, was awesome as well. 275 pounds. <laughs> I think he's a pretty safe pick here in my opinion. And I think that's exactly what they do. My mock pick is Trayvon Walker. That's what they should do, and it's what they will do according to my mock draft. And they know they can get a quarterback later if needed. The whole Daniel Jones thing, he's on borrowed time most likely. But why would you pick a quarterback now as a GM where you can still blame the past GM on the the, uh, quarterback if the new one doesn't pan out? It makes no sense for them to do that. It buys the GM and coach an extra year being able to use Dave Gettleman as the scapegoat for Daniel Jones. And hey, who knows? Maybe Daniel Jones will show up and do something. But it would be stupid for the Giants to pick one, being that those guys came in. And this is where the politics makes a play, right? Politics takes precedence. The GM shouldn't 
pick a quarterback because he doesn't have to. He has a little bit of time to screw that up later. Trayvon Walker is my mock pick for number seven. Number eight, the Hotlanta Falcons. Man, if there's a team that should tank next season, it is the Atlanta Falcons. You still got Tom Brady sitting there at Tampa Bay. <laughs> you know, you're not going to pass them up. And you have a much better quarterback class coming in next year. They obviously got rid of Matt Ryan, got draft picks for him. What should they do? I think they should draft an offensive lineman like Trevor Penning. Trevor Penning graded awesome. He can run block. He can pass block. He's a big man. Unfortunately, he's coming from a Division II school, right? I believe it was Northern Iowa. But at the same time, I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be the answer, even though he's playing with his ex-coach. His ex-offensive coordinator, I should say, with the Titans. And Mariota, if you remember, didn't even make the starting job. So Mariota is a stopgap here. I don't think they're going to listen to me, and I think they're going to pick Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Now, Garrett Wilson may be the safest wide receiver so far coming into this draft. I don't see a massive difference between him and a couple others. I do think he's better than Chris Olave, and I do know that the Falcons did sign ex-bear Jermaine Effetti to a one-year deal at right tackle. So it kind of puts a little duct tape on the offensive line. But Will, Wilson's very fast. And I, I personally, like I said, think he's better than Chris Olave. He's got a little bit better of a 40, split second faster, and a four-inch vertical jump over Olave. Both are around, the, what, the six-foot height, I believe. Garrett Wilson, and on many people's mock drafts, is top 10 and the safest wide receiver to pick right now due to a few injuries. Next is the Seattle Seahawks. What they should do, I don't think they're going to be in, uh, competitive this year, losing Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, but they at least have a few earlier second-round picks to go with that first-round pick. I think this team is going to go offensive tackle, or they should go offensive tackle or edge rusher. I think they go with the tackle first, being that now that the top three edge rushers are gone, picking ninth. You know, we went with Kayvon Thibodeau and, and uh, well, Trayvon Walker, and obviously Aiden Hutchinson's gone. You probably go with the offensive line. I, I think they're going to go with Charles Cross. They, they should draft Trevor Penning, but that's okay. Go with Charles Cross from Mississippi State. The SEC is a little bit sexier than a, a, a Division II school. Uh, Cross has great feet. Um, and, and he showed it against some of the really good edge rushers in the SEC. His size is fine at 6'5". He can play on either side. He could be a very good pro uh, in a year or two, in my opinion. Come on. Don't bullshit me. All right. So next one is the New York Jets at number 10. Let's start with what they should do. Everybody's got the Jets drafting a wide receiver here because they offered the 10th pick for DK Metcalf to Seattle. But I tend to think that that would be fantastic and a great trade if they did that. DK is massively proven, and DK might be the best receiver in the NFL. Top three for sure, in my opinion. The Jets drafted a lot of receivers, though. 
they drafted Mims high in the second round in 2020, and they drafted Elijah Moore with pick number 34. This was at the the second pick in the second round in 2021. I, I just can't. It's hard for me to see them getting another expensive wide receiver there. And they also picked up two tight ends in Uzoma and Conklin. They also have Corey Davis. I say they should pick an edge rusher like Jermaine Johnson. Uh, he's a beast for his size and speed. Was Florida State's very few shining athletes there last year. But stupid is is what stupid does. The Jets are probably going to waste another top-tier pick on a wide receiver, and everybody seems to have London there. I don't like the pick, but I'm going to put that in my mock just because so many people agree with it. He's at least very tall and a good red zone nightmare. I just can't trust him to separate from fast cornerbacks in the NFL. Um, At least he's a big target is all I have to say, but not in love with what the Jets are probably going to do right here in picking another wide receiver. Unreal. Next is the Washington Commanders. Man, right when I get used to the football team, right? WFT, the Washington football team, now they change their name to the Commanders. Man. Well, anyways, they had a decent offensive line even with the injuries last year. They lost some games they probably shouldn't have, right? And they also choked away a lot of games they shouldn't have as well. You know, saying that Washington could use some, uh, I see linebackers and safeties. They need linebackers and safeties, in my opinion. JT Woods is a safety that I wanted to mention that's not going to go in the first few rounds, but I think he's possibly the best, I would say, top three or top four out there. They should be going with Lewis Seen, of course, from Georgia, who is the sure thing safety, right? Big guy, fast, but they're probably going to go with a different safety because he's high up in a lot of people's draft boards in Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Now, is Kyle Hamilton did lose a little bit of value because he only had a 4.59 40 time at the combine, a little bit slow, right? But he still looked great at Notre Dame, and uh, I think Washington might ignore um, some of his combine stuff just based upon his great tape. So... They need a safety, and they should pick one. They're probably going to go with Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. I think it would be a huge win if they go with Lewis Seen or uh, even JT Woods, who is my super sleeper pick for safety. But uh, uh, it's going to be Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, I believe. The next team, we have the Minnesota Vikings, and they are very active in free agency, signing Zadarius Smith from the Packers, Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals, and run stopper. Harrison Phillips from Buffalo, defensive tackle. It's time to help the corners, I think. And I think Kair Elam is the maybe the best cornerback in this draft. I have him going number one, Florida, 6'2", 196 pounds, 4.3940. I think he's just the next best behind Sauce Gardner. But many don't agree with me, and I think they do pick a cornerback in my mock pick. But it, it, the hype is all on Derek Stingley from LSU. Uh, too many people like him. He was highly touted before his injury woes. He grades out well with his arm length. And the little time he played last year, he did well. But I think he's a boomer bust candidate in the NFL. <sighs> Some sources say he's got the 
size and skills and speed, but I don't know. He didn't run the combine, and um, some teams were underwhelmed with his interview. Next, we have the Houston Texans at number 13 again, right? Boy, they keep showing up. Um, What should they do? I think keep trading down if possible, but (laughs) I think that uh, they should be taking a quarterback probably at 13. The fact it's not the first pick, it, it, it tells you that there's still some value being that only one quarterback, according to my mock, was selected. Um, I have to think Pickett, Strong, and Ritter, all available here. It's hard for me to believe that all these quarterbacks are busts. And if this team does their homework correctly, maybe they find what the guy that's actually going to turn out good in this class. But um, even though I think they should pick a quarterback to compete against Mills, it's a different situation than the Giants with the brand new GM because Nick Casario has been there for over a year now. So maybe they do go quarterback. It wouldn't break my heart for them to not. But I just think that, you know, with the Texans, I don't think Mills is the answer. And I'm kind of high on Ritter. I'm kind of high on Strong. And Pickett obviously looked great last year. I'd say they have to figure it out because I certainly don't know. But they're probably going to go with a wide receiver. My mock pick is Chris Olave at wide receiver against Ohio, uh, for Ohio State. They want to evaluate David Mills if they're not going to pick uh, a quarterback. They already picked that offensive tackle I had, which is a great play. Now they're going to pick a wide receiver to go with uh, Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks is literally the only other guy that they have to throw to. I think they can get a great wide receiver in the second round, so might as well get the quarterback now, but whatever. Uh, uh, Chris Olave I have for number 13. Number 14, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Ravens, I mean, they got their receivers. They got their quarterback. Their running backs were all hurt last year. They probably need offensive line. Now that a few were picked, I'd be okay with them trading down. I think that would be the correct thing to do, but maybe they can't at number 14. And uh, I say go with Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. And he's definitely a possible great player in the NFL being a 6'7", 4.8940, great athleticism, can run block and pass block. He, he also looked really good in the Senior Bowl. So even though he played Division Two, he looked great in the Senior Bowl. So I like the pick for uh, Trevor Penning. Last week, fucked around and got a triple-double. All right, next one, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. And what they should do they, they're kind of an embarrassment of riches here with two first-round picks. They have number 15 and number 18. I think they're going to have three, and they traded out of that. But you have to look at the fact that they didn't overwhelm in any position. and it, But that also get, leaves their options wide open, too, because they weren't all that bad at any position. Maybe go with the best player available at a position, which is there's no defensive tackles picked yet go with jordan davis 6-6 from georgia monster of a man 4.7840 32 inch vertical jump i say you go with him and keep stuffing that run in the nfc east I, i like jordan davis and i think that's exactly what they do i think they pick jordan davis from georgia 
how do you not go with this guy and his measurables and coming from the best defense it, it's never a bad pick to pick one of the best players on the best defense in college football he can also eat up some double teams allowing his linebackers to be free you know some people have the eagles picking and a linebacker i still think that edwards is good no need to reach here there's going to be some linebackers later number 16 the new orleans saints what they should do i'm sorry saints fans i am not a believer in Jameis winston and I don't believe in that BS gimmick, Taysom Hill. That shit is worn out. That has been worn out. That welcome is gone. But in saying that, this quarterback class isn't the greatest either, right? And they don't want to end up with another Ian Book, who absolutely looked terrible last year when he was needed. But he was also brought up from, what, the uh, farm squad? You know, he is, I don't even think he was on the roster when he had to play that game. But anyways, they also have the 19th pick. So you know the Chargers are not going to pick a quarterback and the Eagles are not going to pick a quarterback. So they should grab an offensive lineman here. And I'm going to go with Tyler Smith. I think they listen to that. And I think they pick Tyler Smith from Tulsa. He's an offensive tackle, very highly touted. They need to replace Taron Armstead that they lost in free agency. 6'5", very quick and explosive. He can run block also for Alvin Kamara. So let's go with Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Number 17, the LA Chargers. Matt Landy's favorite team. What they should do, I think the Chargers... Just signed two big three techniques, right? Two big nose tackle type guys along with the Khalil Mack trade to help them stop the run. So they nipped that one, all right? So that means they won't necessarily go with the big nose tackle, which I thought, you know, before I did my research that they would do. But they could also use more inside linebackers. In a 3-4 defense, their linebackers have to make a lot of tackles, especially in the run game. And uh, maybe they should also go with 4-5 or five technique. Maybe if, obviously, uh, Jordan Davis wasn't selected, they probably should grab him. But my mock pick is uh, linebacker Nakobe Dean from Georgia. The Chargers lost their top tackler in Kaiser White to the Eagles. And it's, it's just time to get another linebacker. And um, they did, like I said, stuff the run with those two big DTs. They did sign Troy Reader from the Rams to a one-year deal. He doesn't have to move far, obviously, if anywhere. But um, it's just a one-year deal. So he's kind of perfect to groom the new linebacker coming in in N'Kobe Dean. So I think they go with N'Kobe Dean. He's not my top linebacker. He's probably my second one that I would choose. The Philadelphia Eagles is number eight. Again, like I was saying, embarrassment of riches here. Now that they picked Davis and they signed Kazir White, I think they go secondary. I think that it'd be great to also give them another tight end to throw to. So what what they should do is probably go with the best tight end. Here's the problem. Jelani Woods graded out 
spectacularly, right? Not quite Kyle Pitts, but I think he blocks better than Kyle Pitts. 260 pounds, 24 reps on the bench. He killed it in the combine. And the Eagles would get him at 18th. Kyle Pitts was drafted, what, fourth last year? Now that's what they should do. And tight ends are not highly touted, except by me. I think Jelani's fantastic. I think they're going to go with the cornerback, which is the other side of things. So they're going to go with Trent McDuffie from Washington, in my opinion, for my mock pick. They lost uh, Steven Nelson to Houston. McDuffie played well in 2021. He didn't allow big plays. He also can play in the special teams if that was needed. 35 tackles, six passes broken up. Very versatile uh, cornerback from Washington. He can play in the slot as well. I, I He's a physical guy. I, I think he makes sense for this team as well, being that they're probably not going to go tight end, in which I think that Jelani Woods will be an absolute steal for somebody. Come on, don't bullshit me. Next is the New Orleans Saints picking again. Like I said before about Jameis Winston, now it's time to pick one of those top quarterbacks, but they're not going to do that because they picked Ian Book and they still believe in Jameis Winston and it'd be embarrassing for them to give up on him already. I think they're going to go with Jameson Williams, a wide receiver from Alabama. And Jameson Williams might be the best wide receiver in this class. And I think maybe he is the best. I think he actually edges the Ohio State guys, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. The problem is the torn ACL in the championship game. He's not going to play until mid-October. So look at it like this. We're we're guessing here still, right? And if GMs are smart, they they have to know that they're also guessing. Why would you guess on a guy that can't play the first half of your se- your season even if you think he's the top guy when there's not a ton of separation there? Right? Well, that's why I don't have Jamison Williams going in my top 12. And that's why I'm going to give you a play right now. DraftKings MGM, many places have Jamison Williams' total draft selection at 12.5 at even. I am taking the un, the over. I don't think he gets drafted in the first 12 plays because of what I said. GMs are not prone to make mistakes on injured players. It sucks for Jamison Williams. He could have been a, a higher pick, but the fact that he played that very important national championship game probably costed him some money here. So the six foot two, 189 pounds, massive breakaway speed. When healthy, he could be absolutely awesome. Um, also, he had 15 touchdowns last year, 79 catches, 1,500 yards. But like I said, he's going to fall all the way down to the New Orleans Saints. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one isn't hard. This team was the worst team against the run last year in opponent rushing yards per game. Maybe second worst in opponent rush EPA, I believe. They need a three technique to free up those linebackers. And I know the Steelers were really injured last year. Um, I think Devontae Wyatt would be absolutely perfect. He would be the man you can slot in here. 
They have Mitch Trubisky uh, at quarterback still. They have Mason Rudolph that they drafted high before. They also got Miles Jack, but I think that's going to give, at linebacker, that's going to give them a false sense of hope. I, I think what they should do is draft Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, three technique. That's going to stuff the run. I don't think they listen, and I think they take a quarterback. My mock pick is Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Being that Pickett is from Pitt makes it kind of a good fit. No pun intended. Oh, idiot. Pickett has good size, right? Decent speed. Not afraid to run the balls you saw with that fake slide last year. 6'3", 4.7340, but only 8.25-inch hands. Now, he wears gloves when he plays. That might be a good thing, but hand size is important because in the NFL, you have to make quicker decisions, and you have to get rid of the ball faster than you do in college. Very, very well known. You saw guys like Kyle Allen fumble all the time with his small 8-inch hands. That's the big scare. But I think the Steelers might look past that being that Pickett was very accurate, 42 touchdowns to seven interceptions. I mean, if if he figures out to not be fumbling that ball and he gets the ball out fast, he could be a great steal at number 20 if he becomes their starting quarterback. So my mock pick is Kenny Pickett, even though I think they should still take care of the run and maybe take a shot at a quarterback later. Plus, we also don't know what Mitch is doing out there, you know. Um, obviously everyone thinks that he's a terrible quarterback, but you have to imagine or have to remember that he had terrible coaches at the bears. Maybe he's a lot better. And this is one of those Ryan Tannehill situations. All right. Next one. We have the new England Patriots with the number 21st pick in the draft. What they should do with Kyle Van Noy, Donta I tower and Jamie Collins, all not signed as free agents. I have to think that the Patriots go linebacker here, and it is what they should do. But in saying that, this is still Bill Belichick we're talking about, and he is very unpredictable in nature. My mock pick is they go linebacker, Devin Lloyd, inside linebacker. I gave this play out too, and I'm going to repeat it here. If you got our uh, email subscriptions or checked our website out on Friday, plus 300 for the Patriots for a half star to pick a linebacker first. It just makes too much sense. They do need a receiver, but they also pick Nikhil Harry, and they know that wide receivers are a lot more deep this year. I think they go with Devin Lloyd from Utah, which is my number one linebacker in the draft. He was very tough, 111 tackles, eight sacks, one forced fumble, four interceptions, and six passes defended. Six foot three, 235 pounds, flies around the field. And I got to tell you, it's going to give the Patriots leverage to draft him with their contracts with Kyle Van Noy, Donta Hightower, or Jamie Collins. I'm not sure who they're going to bring back here, but they're in great need of linebacker. I also want to say it's going to be really interesting to see how Mac Jones does in his sophomore year. He looked like he was the best quarterback of the class last year. Remember, picked at number 15, was, I think, the fourth or fifth quarterback selected in the draft. So we're going to be looking forward to watching Mac Jones. Number 22, 
the Green Bay Packers from that huge Devontae Adams trade with the Raiders. What they should do, being that Aaron Rodgers has his team by the balls, after they tried to get cute a few drafts ago in drafting his replacement in Jordan Love, it is now time for the Packers to virtue signal to him that they are looking out for his best interests. High-maintenance people need pampering, and there is no better way to do that than to show Aaron your commitment to his numbers by drafting the best wide receiver available. Can't tell I'm a Bear fan, huh? (laughs) I think my mock pick is with Christian Watson from North Dakota State. These Packer GM front office people think that they're smarter than everybody else, so they're going to go with a guy from a Division II school, but I'm not sure I disagree with it here. Because Christian Watson ran a fantastic 4-3-6-40. He has elite measurables, 6-4. He's kind of like the perfect replacement for a tall Devontae Adams here. And uh, maybe if Jamison Williams isn't the best in his draft class, maybe it is Christian Watson. So um, I I think that uh, they take a reach here and draft Watson. And that is why the Packers have this pick, and they're going to try to make peace with Mr. Aaron Rodgers this offseason. That's terrible. Number 23, the Arizona Cardinals. Well, now that you have Kyle Murray pissed off at you, you know, he went to Instagram and removed all his Cardinals stuff. I think that's what athletes do now to try to get more money. They're all doing that, by the way. It's just an absolute agent mess in the NFL. I mean, Roger Goodell is absolutely clueless when it comes to being an NFL commissioner. I also think that Kyler Murray is pissed that they lost so many people. Christian Kirk is gone, person he threw to. Chandler Jones, Chase Edmonds, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Phillips. None of that helps. Kyler's pissed. They lost all that, partially thanks to J.J. Watt's big-ass contract. (laughs) And I love J.J. Watt, man. I'm a badger. He was a badger, but that doesn't mean that he's not getting a lot of money that could have went to some other football players. I would trade down if I was the Cardinals, but if that can't happen, I guess I would go with defensive line. You got to hope DeAndre Hopkins is healthy. You sign green, you re-sign green, right? You got Moore, Rondale Moore. So a lot of mocks have him going receiver, but they should go defensive line. A guy like Wyatt. But they're probably going to go with George Karolaftis from Purdue, a defensive end, just because of the loss of the Chandler Jones thing is going to sting them. To be completely honest, I thought Jones took games off last year. He was great for some and terrible for others. And that was probably because he was just pissed about his contract, right? I don't like players like that. But George Karolaftis has great football instincts, 36 tackles, 4.5 sacks, two passes broken up, two forced fumbles. He can rush the passer. He can defend the run. A little slow, but his size fits into the five-technique type position for the Arizona's uh, 3-4 scheme. So they're probably going to go with a guy like him from Purdue. Up next at pick number 24, 
the Dallas Cowboys. What they should do. How about stop being the butt of everybody's joke in the NFL? The Cowboys have way too much talent not to make it to an NFC championship game. Heck, Ezekiel Elliott is kind of old now, right? (laughs) He's old. In saying that, this great offensive line lost two key guys to free agency. Two of them. Guard Connor Williams and right tackle Lael Collins. I do not like the guards that much in this draft. So I say, get a tackle. Like Ohio State's Nick Pettit Frayer. Right? Get a tackle. My mock pick, Zion Johnson, guard from Boston College. He played tackle at Boston College, and his size and length limitations may force him to guard. I think Dallas goes guard because, well, they haven't been selected yet and probably the best one in the guard-slash-center position in this draft. But they are who we thought they were. Number 25, the Buffalo Bills. What they should do. Buffalo gained a great edge rusher in Von Miller. Five-year, hundred-some million. They also got two defensive tackles. I think they overpaid for Miller, to be honest with you. (laughs) But they lost cornerback Levi Wallace to free agency to the Steelers. He needs to be replaced. The Bills also need a good running back. That can wait. There's not much of a difference in the top five running backs, in my opinion, in this class. My mock pick is cornerback Andrew Booth from Clemson. Booth excels in press coverage. It's going to be a great replacement for Levi Wallace. 37 tackles, three interceptions, three passes broken up in 2021. He's got a good skill set. Very talented, a tad bit slow, only six foot tall. I guess I won't say only, that's at least average, but he had a double hernia surgery, and that really doesn't bode great in the offseason either. But Clemson guy, not too bad. Number 26, the Tennessee Titans, what they should do. They they acquired Robert Woods from the Rams, but he's coming off an ACL tear. We don't know when he's going to be ready. I thought the wide receivers on this team did not make it easy for Ryan Tannehill versus the Bengals, minus A.J. Brown, I guess. Julio didn't look great in that game. The Titans could use a linebacker here after losing Rashawn Evans, but they're probably going to wait on this one. They're going to go with Jahan Dotson wide receiver from Penn State. Dotson ran a nice 4-4-3 in the 40 in the combine. Six foot one, very tall. Uh, a tall six one, I should say. The quarterback play wasn't great at Penn State, and I think Dotson's way better than his 95 receptions, 1,187 yards, which still looks really good, 12 touchdowns. I think he's going to be a very good pro. He's going to be able to fight for the ball. We'll go with Jahan Dotson for the Tennessee Titans. Number 27, the Tampa Bay Bucks. what they should do. Now that TB12 is back, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> With loss of Nagdamakan Sue, this team could use a good defensive tackle. They are also short a guard and a safety. I'm okay with any of those picks. I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, defensive tackle. Wyatt's just too good to pass up. He's more of a three technique, but they can slot him at the five at the defensive end. He was uh, Georgia's best interior defensive lineman stat-wise, and he can move being 6'3". 
2021, 39 tackles, 2.5 sacks, two forced fumble, one pass batted, 4.7740, weighing 304 pounds. That is fantastic. I know they got Vita Vea there, but man, he's just too good to pass up here. Um, I think they're going to pick him. They're smart at Tampa. They can get a guard later in this draft um, and safety as well. Number 28, the Green Bay Packers, what they should do. Now that Aaron Rodgers has been pampered some, this team needs to replace Zadarius Smith coming off the edge. The Packers did resign and injured Robert Tanyan at tight end, and I think they're going to be able to get a good tight end in the second or third round. Now, I still like Jelani Woods, and that's probably what any of these teams should do, but um, I think they're going to go edge, which is the second best option behind Jelani Woods. My pick is Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, defensive end. He dropped too far not to take him here. 12 sacks last season, one of the most impressive prospects in the Senior Bowl in January. Uh, he's got some great pass rush moves. He's an instant starter, in my opinion. He played a lot of outside linebacker for the Seminoles, too, so he's going to be, be versatile in a 3-4 defense. I like Jermaine Johnson for the Packers at number 28. Number 29, the Kansas City Chiefs, what they should do. They lost two corners to free agency in Shartavis Ward and Mike Hughes. They're going to need to replace the bat, but the good news is that they have two picks here to do it. We also have to keep in mind that the Honey Badger isn't signed, and the Chiefs might want to replace Tyreek Hill as well. I think what they're going to do is pick a guy like Daxton Hill because he can play safety and corner from Michigan. I think that Hill's a perfect fit in this situation. They need help in corner and safety. 40 was 4.38. That's pretty speedy. Six foot tall, 191 pounds. I think he might go earlier to a team as well, like Buffalo or Philly, but we're going to see. I'm going to slot him in to the Chiefs at number 29, and the Chiefs also have number 30. No changes here, but I forgot to mention that Sorensen is also gone. They lost him to free agency, and they might want to replace Tyreek Hill here too, so that's a big head-scratcher. I think they're going to try to replace Tyreek Hill. That was just a, a, a big media hit for them there, and I think uh, now that they picked a defensive guy, they're going to go offense and help Mahomes here. I think Hardman is fine as a wide receiver, very fast. I know they lost Pringle as well, but they signed Valdez-Scantling. And they've signed Juju Smith-Schuster, but I still think this team decides to go with a receiver. I think they should draft a safety, personally, especially if Scene's there, right? Uh, or Hamilton slides down to him. But they're probably going to pick George Pickens from Georgia, wide receiver. That's my mock pick. Uh, GM's kind of fell in love with him. Uh, he's He was injured for... 2021 and some of 2022 due to the ACL tear, but 6'3 size, and he still ran his 40 this year at 4.47. Um, team sources are high on him, and so I hear I hear that around the grapevine. They like him, so I'm going to slot him into the Chiefs at number 30. Number 31, the Cincinnati Bengals. What they should do, the Bengals fix their offensive line, actually, they paid up the ringer for it, and I absolutely agree with that. 
they should have paid up the ringer for it, and Joe Burrow is going to have more confidence holding on to that football now. So the Bengals have some options here. They're not in dire need of any position. I guess a little bit in the corner, but when this happens, I always say take the best position available, right? Or the best player available, no matter what position, I should say. And obviously, that is tight end Jelani Woods. But being that nobody listens to me anyway, I'm going to go with my mock pick here in Kair Elam, cornerback from Florida, which is also, I think, a really great pick. As you know, he's one of my top cornerbacks here. Huge mistake to pass on him, especially if you want a defensive back or if you need one. Play great into the uh, 2021 season, especially against Alabama. He had a great game stopping their receivers. He's six foot two, 4.3940, intangibles and tangibles to be great in the NFL. Might be a fantastic corner. I like him at the 31 spot right here. And finally, number 32, the Detroit Lions. This is still that trade they got from uh, trading Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, the whole situation here, well, I guess it would have been a lot better if the Rams didn't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> They'd have a higher pick, right? But uh, they gave away their quarterback, and let's face it, they weren't going to win any Super Bowls. There's some reports that say the Lions are not going to pick a quarterback. Um, they don't like any in the class, and they're going to with, stick with golf. And as I said in the beginning of this podcast, I think they need, need to pick a quarterback here because the worst thing you can do is go – eight and nine with Goff and not be able to draft a great quarterback next year. So why wouldn't you just take a chance on someone, have Goff kind of mentor him, see if he absolutely blows up and maybe you get the first one, two or three picks next year to get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. But being that uh, they have some options here, I actually think that some of this is smoke. I think that them saying that they might not get a quarterback, they actually will get one. I think they're going to grab Desmond Ritter for my mock draft at pick 32 from Cincinnati. And that brings you from two quarterbacks to three. That's my number. Now, here's the deal. Um, Desmond Ritter, fantastic for Cincinnati. He's a winner. Played very well all the way up till that Alabama game. And I don't know if it was the coach or him or or what, but I, I still have to see his size at 6'4". 10-inch hands, 4.5240. I don't think you can go wrong here trying to grab him and see if he's worth anything because if you're right, then you don't have to pick a quarterback next year. I think that would be the correct choice, and I think they're probably going to do it. Now, I don't think they wait till 34 because if they do really like somebody and they're that whole thing was a smokescreen for the reports that they don't want a quarterback, then they would not want someone to trade up with Jacksonville at 33 to grab their guy. So I do think they sneak him. Now, is there a difference in pay from 32 to 34? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to matter this late in the draft for their quarterback's agent to say, you have to pay me more that we were in the first round. So in my opinion, it's going to be Desmond Ritter in my mock draft, bringing it to three quarterbacks. So let's total up these positions in my mock draft. I have 16 offensive players exactly and 16 defensive players. I have three quarterbacks, zero running backs, 
seven wide receivers, five offensive tackles, uh, one center slash guard, zero tight ends, five defensive ends slash edge rushers, two defensive tackles, two linebackers, five cornerbacks, and two safeties, zero punters and kickers, and fullbacks, obviously. So just a quick recap on our plays. We are going Jameson Williams over 12.5 at the minus 110 or minus 115. It's out right now. I like that pick, and I also like the Patriots pick a linebacker first at plus 300. So our next show, we'll have some more draft plays and bring in another draft analyst. If you have any questions in the meantime, feel free to tweet us at the Odds Breakers. Our mock draft 1.0 will be released on Monday, and then we will probably have a 2.0 if there's any changes on Wednesday or Thursday. Thanks so much for being fans of the oddsbreakers.com. I hope you enjoy the week. I hope you enjoyed the draft and go get some winners. <laughs>